Hi folks, welcome to this week's episode of the Peaky Podcast. I'm your host Shane Rooney, also known as the Peaky Blogger. On today's show, I'm delighted to announce I'm joined by talented seven-pound claimer Jordan Canavan. Um, he's had plenty of success uh, here in Ireland and indeed the UK, but now his sponsorship has run out and he's in need of some business to take him on board to keep his dream alive of being a top quality jockey in years to come. Um, Jordan, welcome onto the show. Um, delighted to have you here. Uh, I suppose you may as well kick things off by, I suppose, just giving a quick introduction about yourself and your background around horses. Hi Shane, uh, thanks for having me on the Peaky Blogger podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, as you know, I'm a I'm a conditional jockey. I'm just just starting to go freelance there now this year. Um, so hopefully now it um it'll work out. So Jordan, I suppose as the saying goes. We all have, I suppose, a moment in our lives that we describe being bitten by the bug of horse racing. Um, that goes without saying being a fan or a or even a worker in the industry. But I suppose, say, in in terms of yourself, when did you know? I suppose you you'd been bitten by the bug. Um, I kind of knew that I was bitten by the bug from a very young age. Um. I always grew up with horses. My father was a jockey, and my grandfather was a jockey, and um, everywhere I looked, there was horses. Um, when I looked out my bedroom window at home, there was there were stables behind the bedroom window. So everywhere I looked, as I said, there was horses around me, and I used to ride out before I went to school, and I started pony racing when I was eleven, and ever since then, I just knew that horses was the only way of life, and that's all I ever wanted to do. And um yeah, look at that's that's interesting as well. Um like I I didn't actually know that your your grandfather was a jockey or your father before you as well. Um so it's I suppose it's great to see young lads nowadays keeping the tradition going of I suppose being a being a jockey and hopefully I suppose stepping up to the plate. I suppose maybe if if you could better than your your father or your grandfather as well, but um I suppose look at you you mentioned there earlier on that you um you you packed the bags before and went to went to England I suppose to fulfil your dream um just like describe the difference between race riding in England and in Ireland now and like was it an easier an easier place to I suppose succeed compared to here I know like you hear different stories about different people and all that like and they all have their own different i suppose you could call it opinions um about race riding between the two i suppose countries but like what 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 did it feel like for you like the difference between ireland and england well when i started with ross sullivan i was only with ross a few days and he says uh do two years with me and I'll try and get you a good job over in England. So, fair dues to Ross. Um, himself and Jamie Codd got me a job in Neil Mulholland's. Um, I spent about six months there. I had two rides farm, second in my first ride. Um, and then I, I made the change and switched to John Joe O'Neill. First ride for John Joe as a winner and I had plenty of placed horses then in my next five or six rides farm. And um, 
I just thought the race riding over in England was a hell of a lot easier than it is back here in Ireland, you know. Um, if you give a lot of shout over in England for a bit of daylight, if you was, if you were kind of boxed in, they'd they'd give you the extra bit of space there and and that. But over here, just if you give if you give any of the lads a a shout, they let you out or or they give you a bit of light. Just it, it's as if they're they're oblivious to the whole the whole thing. They wouldn't do and move an inch for you, you know. Whereas over in England, if if you give a lot of shout, just it, you're near enough fit two or three horses up past him with the amount of room he'd give you. Um, over here, it's like at the end of the day, it's race riding, and you don't want to give away an inch, you know, because if you're giving away an inch, you might as well give away a mile. Um, but sure, look, that's that's just race riding, and I always found my experience over in England that it was a hell of a lot easier to ride over there than it is here because it's just so competitive and back here in Ireland, you know. Yeah, we should look at like that's it. Um, you hear you hear plenty of stories like, and I know Ireland's Ireland's known for its tight tracks, so there's plenty of traffic going around the, them bends, especially now Galway coming up now next week. Um, I can imagine there's going to be plenty of traffic going around that first bend. It's not necessarily the the widest one, especially for like even the flat handicaps there. 18, 20 runners, like it's going to be a nightmare. I'd, I'd say for for lads like yourselves, but. Um, you might you might and you might know that I had um your 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 county mate and your your I suppose your colleague as well at the same time, but equally your your competitor uh, Daryl Keefe, um, in the podcast there a couple of weeks back, and um surprisingly enough, I actually I was, I I was surprised to say that he'd he'd rather be a claimer than what he is now, but um. That the fact that the taking the seven five three pounds off was always a big help for him to get rides, but I know there's an awful lot of say young lads in the industry that can't wait to write out their claims. Um, I suppose like what's the benefits for you being a seven pound claimer, and I suppose the way I look at it, like what would be the disadvantages of it as well. Well, the the benefits from being a seven pound claimer today is obviously you're able to claim seven pound off a horse's back uh, so that means that you're carrying less weight than say the, the professional jockeys there um, but that's really the only advantage of it really um, there's more disadvantages than advantages in my opinion there um, owners and trainers look at a seven pound claimer and they think well why should I give him the ride and the riding fee when I can get a top jockey the likes of Davy Russell or Paul Townend or Rachel Blackmore um, for the exact same amount of money um, so it's just getting it's just getting harder and harder to be able to get the faith in those trainers and owners to, to be able to give you the ride and, and obviously but when they see a, a claimer or especially a seven pound claimer they, they just automatically think oh he hasn't got the experience as everyone else and he won't be able to do the job. Whereas there is a hell of a lot of seven pound claimers out there that are well capable of doing it on the day. And at the end of the day, you, you're just as good as the horse that you have underneath you. Nine times out of 10, there's a lot of those horses that the top lads are winning on that anyone could win on. But there is horses there, but you do need a, they do need weight off their back or they do need a, 
top jockey to be able to get them across the line. And Jordan, um, yeah, look at like that's that's a very very good point as well. But, um, you mentioned there about going freelance. Um, like was was that was that a hard decision for you? Um, in terms of like making that call and like taking that step instead of focusing on like going into a yard, say where you know you're going to get regular rides and where you know you're going to get like a good loyal. I suppose owner or trainer or whatever like that will I suppose book you for these rides um like what's like what what does that mean for you now in terms of say going freelance like where will that I suppose lead you hopefully in time to come the decision to become freelance wasn't uh wasn't very easy I I had a good long think about it and it uh, it was just kind of getting easier to to go that way. The more I thought about it, and um, at the end of the day, if you're stuck in one yard and you're not getting around, and people aren't seeing you ride and work for different lads and schooling for different lads, you know, they're it's kind of hard for them to be able to say to an owner, "Oh, I'll put this lad up," um, without them actually knowing the horse. Whereas if you get around a few different yards, that'll give you more of a chance to get rides for outside trainers, and they're able to tell the owners that you um you've ridden the horse out, or you've schooled it, or you've worked it, and you know the horse, and you get on quite well with it, and and um that just makes makes it a small bit easier to try and get those rides for different trainers, you know. And the more I thought about it, and I thought of it that way, that just made the decision. A hell of a lot easier and I had a good chat with my with my agent Rory Tierney he was a great help to me um, and Rory just said at the end of the day if you want to make it as a jockey that's the best route to go down and when when Rory said that I that kind of just got into my head that that's it I'll, I'll give it a go yeah look at like that's like look at that that's a that's a that's a good point like and I know like it's your own it's your own decision and your own career at the end of the day like and you have to look after yourself like more more so than anyone else but um talking about looking after yourself now you're looking for sponsorship as we mentioned earlier on the podcast um like what what are you looking for say for businesses to do and i suppose in return like what could you offer for businesses as well that would i suppose bite the bullet and take you on as a sponsor well regards the sponsorship um scenario it's just more so than say you know if uh if i was sponsored by a company or or that um their obviously their logo their business logo would be everywhere possible it'd be on the side of my britches the back of my britches um the collar off my undertop um jacket r- riding out all our, my helmet cover um so that'd be going around the country there being with my racing gear it'll be live on racing tv and and um with my riding out gear it'll be on it'll be in every yard when i go into and people will be looking at it and some days lads might ask you who they are and what they do and the odd time then they, they could be interested in what they do and they might they give them a call and then they get a bit of business that way and um and it's more so like for a seven pound claim to have a to have a sponsor it's 
an image kind of thing as well for owners to be able to look owners and trainers for them to be able to look at that jockey and think geez if a, if a big company like them are putting their faith in this sled just maybe i should put my faith in him you know um if he's good enough for them to to think he's good enough then i'll give him a chance and sure if you if, if you get a chance off of one of those lads would think that and the horse runs well and you ride it again the next day and and maybe it wins and because that horse wins you might get on a few more horses off them and then lads start noticing you then and um you start getting a few more rides off different trainers then and it just gets the ball rolling and gets everything going really you know um but I, like as i said their logo will be everywhere what's possible on the, on the the back and the sides of my breeches my my top helmet jackets everything everything what's possible everywhere what i where i go um go riding out racing if i go shopping or whatever you know it'll be it'll be everywhere yeah we should look like that's it and hopefully i suppose down the line like this will i suppose aid you to getting the sponsorship or even like if, if if that doesn't even come to it like i know there's a few trainers here that listen into the podcast or whatever it is and um hopefully they might have a horse that's maybe seven pounds over they might they might want someone just to take a well well handicapped horse even 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 better out like but um I suppose I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grill you now for the last last little bit, Jordan. I hope you don't mind, but um, I suppose if you could pick one horse now, um, that's currently riding pre riding present, um, that you'd love to throw the leg up over more than anything else, um, and I suppose while we're on the subject as well, is there if there is a horse say from the past that you you'd I suppose go back in time and. And ride it in his glory days as well. Well, the one horse from from now that I'd love to ride would be, it'd be obviously Envoy Envoy Allen or however you pronounce his name, Cardinal. It's he's, he he looks like he has absolutely everything. He has speed, he has stamina, he has scope. He's he's just got everything. Um, he's he just looks like the the complete animal, and um. He looks like a very nice prospect for when he goes jumping or jumping fences, you know. He um he looks like he will go caught at a very, very big stage as, as he already has in his short career so far. He looks like he could be a very nice champion chase looking horse or or uh, in around that style, you know. He he has plenty of speed and he looks like he will jump a fence with time and he gets plenty of air over his hurdles as well as being slick over them. But um, one horse from the past, no, it's not really from the past, it's more the, the present also, but uh, he is getting older. Um, I think he's, is he 12 now, I think? Uh, Fahin. I'd do anything to, to ride Fahin. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd give my left arm to ride him. He just, he just looks like an absolute beast of a horse. Um, Today he fell in Leopardstown, I, my heart kind of fell into my mouth. Um, he got a very bad fall and I, he's a horse that I've followed from, from day one. Like he's He won a four-year-old maiden pint to pint. Um, he went on, he won an, a champion hurdle around Cheltenham. For a horse to win around Cheltenham over two miles, he ha, he'd want to have a fair amount of boot. 
and obviously he stays three mile after winning a four-year-old maiden point of mind which is three mile um, he looks like he is going to be next year's gold cup horse or maybe they might go down the route of um, seeing will he stay further and perhaps go for an Irish national or an English national um, so he, he'd be my horse from, from the past even though he he is still running you know you look look at like I I have to agree with you with N Violin. I know I'm not I know I'm not a jockey and I know I never will be, but he's one horse that I would love to throw my leg up on. Um he just looks so, so honest. Like he he looks like you could throw a baby up on him and he'd carry you around like do you know what I mean? It makes it's just like he is so so honest and he's so honest at his jumps and his will to win is just absolutely incredible. Like I had to say like the the way he won in Cheltenham there this year, like when he was four lengths down. Now I, I, I'll have to admit, like I had a few bob on him, and I was, I was sort of sweating coming around that last bend. But as soon as the camera just zoomed out and focused in on the straight, like I knew, I knew I was on a winner. There was no, there was never any doubt, like. But like I, I, I'm actually surprised. Like I, I never even thought that he might say go to champion champion chase route um i definitely think he's going to be a gold cup horse um i've actually made a very bold statement saying that i think he's going to be the next best mate if not better um which will i suppose ultimately make him <laughs> if that if that actually comes comes about and he 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 does win multiple gold cup cups he'd be the best gold cup horse of all time in terms of success um no look at it's it's hard to know as well like beef or salmon <laughs> bet five gold cup horses and he never managed to win one himself over in Cheltenham but it's it's hard to know um in terms of Faheen yeah look at like I I know there was an awful lot of controversy say when he was going chasing um like there was an awful lot of abuse online hurled towards the likes of Willie Mullins, Ruby Walsh, all that all them when they were talking about going chasing with him. But for me, like it was just natural progression. Like if you retired Faheen where he was now a Geldon at I think he was ten or eleven, I can not I'm not hundred percent sure I know he was yeah, I think it was I think he was eleven going on twelve when they when they were going chasing with him. Um so like yeah, you could look at it like right. He's he's had a good career and all that. Like, but like, for a Geldon, like, there's nothing really else he can do when he when he does retire. So, like, if he still got the love for it, and he, if he still got, I suppose the um, the will to will to go and will win to will will to win his races. Um, he's definitely there's definitely no harm in going, say another couple of races with him anyway look at I thought he might I thought he might retire after his loss in Shelton but I've I've heard nothing personally and I don't know what what their plan is but I'm sure like the well capable hands of Willie Mullins and his team will I suppose decide his fate and decide where he goes and what he does um the Irish National I would love to see him winning the Irish National um that would be some achievement for him, like to go from champion hurdle to putting it up to the best of the staying hurdlers 
and going on then to win an Irish national or an English national, that would be some achievement. I would absolutely love to see him do it. But um sure look at like it's hard to know as well at the same time. Um but I suppose we may as well stop talking about my love affair with Fahim. Um we'll move on to I suppose a fairly controversial topic that I brought up there over over like the duration of say the podcast Aaron and Aaron from the very start. Um like in terms of say the we're not even gonna call it the whip, it's a stick, a racing stick. Um like what would be your opinion on it? I know say former champion jockeys have come come out since and I suppose argued the case that it should be done away with. Um like the likes of AP McKay and John Francombe, if you go back <laughs> through my podcast like episodes and all that, you'll see I've done a fair amount of research on the two of them and the two of them have come out saying that I suppose they'd be like racing would be in a better place if the if the stick was was done away with and I suppose like it it build jockey strengths and all that like but I, personally I couldn't see a reason why a whip would or a st- or a stick would um be beneficial for taking it away um but look at as a seven pound claimer it must be very very hard um like to not only meet the weights of today but the strengths um like to compensate like the strength that like you're losing through um like wasting days or whatever it is like that i know there's some people that do waste um but like what what would be your opinion on it and i suppose is it is it possible to to go ahead and i suppose get rid of the whip or would these people i suppose be just talking say in complete disregard to the people in the saddle now today um like i know in part of ap's time the whip has been i suppose um upgraded you could call it or manufactured yeah manufactured better and definitely since frank holmes time has definitely been definitely been better manufactured um but like they've i think something mad like 26 or 27 champion jockey titles to their name and all assured in three four or five years time has to do is quote either frank home or mccoy or even both of them and say well look at they've 26 champion jockey titles to their name they must know what they're talking about um but look at i suppose uh, that's me finished now with my sort of rant of the rant of the day i suppose like what's your opinion on say the whip or the stick regulation and is there i suppose a a way to go about it say where you could i suppose get rid of it um with the recent statements of the of with the whip being completely um banned and whatever i i don't agree with it whatsoever uh, I wouldn't like to be going down to the last fence upside the likes of Davy Russell or Paul Townend or Sean Flanagan um, on a tired horse and you think you might have a chance if the two horses are tired um, having no no stick 
like at the end of the day, uh, they don't hurt a horse. All it is is um, encouragement. Um, they just make a, a loud noise. That's it. Um, you could hit yourself as hard as you could on the side of your leg or your hand or whatever, and you wouldn't feel it. Um, they are for safety reasons as well. If you're if you have a, a horse that hangs and you're going around the sharp bend there, like the Sligo or Ballinrobe or Kilbegan, where he's hanging off the bend, you need your, your stick there to try and straighten him up and correct him. So at the end of the day, it is for health and safety reasons why jockeys have them. They're not just a batter living daylights out of a horse, because that's not what they're used for, and horses don't feel them anyway, you know. But um, like if, if, they, if they took the whips away from the jockeys, it will be a, a big danger, um, and it's just not gonna. It's it just won't just won't work in this day and age. But um, there is back when when uh, A.P. McCoy and Frankham, John Frankham were riding. Obviously, those type of lads were. They might have got away with it, but now you you wouldn't get away with it. You know, uh, not riding with a stick. Obviously, A.P. McCoy would if he was as strong as an ox and. He insists if he didn't have a stick, he'd be ten times better than everyone else. Even though he was ten times better than everyone else, but I just think it's a it's a waste of time taking the whips away from the jockeys. Yeah, we should look at like uh, anyone anyone that I've talked to in the in the industry. Like I've had, I've had Katie Brown, Brendan Murphy, um, Daryl Keeve, James Fenton. Um, trying to think now who else have I got on that has worked in the industry I think that's I think that's it I'm sorry if I'm I'm missing anyone but um, like they've all come about and have said the exact same thing that you said and that it's a total disregard for the people in racing nowadays like it's all well and good for these lads to say go and say these things and try and implement these things into racing today but realistically, like, they, if they're not, if they weren't willing to do it themselves in their times, like, what gives them to them the right to, I suppose, go and try and expect young lads like yourself or people that are used to race riding for years to go about, say, try and <laughs> ride these mad two-year-olds or mad thoroughbreds or whatever it is um, in today's society without a... A stick that has been manufactured and developed into something that like you said is as safe and as humane as possible for these animals um look at we're coming to a close there now anyway jordan i suppose you might be you might be delighted to hear instead of listening to me rambling on but um just i suppose before we go just to try and help you get say rides in the future like what like what would be the best way for you to go or say for owners to go about say booking you for rides in the future or getting trainers to I suppose get you in and a couple of their horses or whatever it is if any owner wants to book me or or if a trainer wants to book me um, 99.9% of the trainers nowadays they all have the, the trainers directory they have they have all the jockeys names phone numbers addresses everything inside it Um and all the professional and conditional and apprentice jockeys nowadays they all have agents so like as i mentioned before rory tierney he, he's my agent and um 
he's been very good to me since I signed over to him. Um, and he is, he is a a, a very nice, hard working f- fella. He's probably, if not the most hardest working agent in the country. Um, he's been very good to me since I, as I said, very good to me since I signed over to him. So if if any owners or trainers want to just look up my number in in the trainers directory or get on to Rory Tierney um, to book me for to ride a horse or even to book me to to ride work or school horses or anything by all means they're more than welcome well look at Jordan we're going to leave it there now um, I want to say thanks for another brilliant episode um, to make sure I suppose keep liking sharing subscribing following whatever you're doing um, it's really I suppose helping me out to get the page out there and get I suppose broadcasting to a bigger audience obviously as you all know like this is the dream and this is what I want to do in the long run um, I'd love to be one of the lads on say RT Racing or Racing TV uh, broadcasting or producing content or whatever it is like that but I know I have a long way to go I have a long way to go to that. Um, as you all know, I'm like I'm un I'm unqualified. Like I'm I'm my chef, um, my trade is is chefing like, and um, I've no, I suppose background in media or anything like that. Like so, like all this is done, I suppose as, it's it's a passion and it's a hobby and, but, like if we could turn it into a day job, like it it'd be brilliant. Um. I want to say a massive thanks to Racing Records as well um, for helping me get out there, I suppose, producing visual content as well as the audio, like like the podcast and everything else like that. Um, like, if you haven't already done so, I, I suppose there's a Galway, there's a Galway preview show on YouTube. Um, all you have to do is type in the Peaky Blogger, uh, a Galway preview um, on YouTube, and it should come up right at the top of the list um it's really taken off it's really it's really i suppose taken off uh in terms of it's racing records second highest viewed video of all time um i think the most i think the only one that that's ahead of it at the minute is um a podcast with nick bradley but like that's not that's not a bad that's not a bad show either um like Nick Bradley, as you all know, is in flying form and he's winning grade ones and grade twos and grade threes over in England, like with his horses. Uh so like to be second in second in command behind him, like that's that's something special for me. Like for a lad that's like as I said before, not qualified in this or anything like that. Um like it's great. Um if you haven't already done so, please I suppose follow the social media uh my facebook is the peaky blogger hyphen uh horse racing blogger and my twitter is at peaky horse um finally i want to say massive thanks to jordan for coming on the show um it's been an absolute pleasure i've been looking for a a good seven pound claimer to come on um i suppose not not so much as contradict but um to give a good comparison between someone as at the top of their game like Darrell O'Keefe and someone who's I suppose struggling to struggling to I suppose climb the ladder with all due respect um, 
Jordan like yourself, but look at like I've I've no doubt um that you're gonna get there some sometime soon and I hope you get the break the break you deserve. Um like this this is all I suppose to help you out more more so than helping me out. Um like I, I try and do my best for anyone that comes to me and like that that work in the industry and need they need help, I suppose, getting out there through social media and um I hope with the help of God that this podcast episode maybe will either I suppose get you the sponsorship that you're looking for or else um it might I suppose uh, attract the attention of a few trainers or a few owners that may be listening in and they might have a job and maybe have a, have a couple of a rides that they might need you booking for um so hopefully with the help of God that you'll you'll get the break you deserve and you get the chances that you need um but for now folks I'm going to leave it there um Thanks for having me on, Shane. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I wish you the best of luck with the Picky Blogger podcast. It's great to see somebody like yourself um, with the love of the game and love of the sport. Um, it's it's great to see new people coming into it and hopefully now you, uh, you'll get the break you deserve and you, uh, you're able to get up, up the ladder and get a good career out of, it, out of the industry we all love. So thank you very much for having me on and as I said again, best of luck for the future. I suppose just before we go and look at again, thanks very much Jordan for coming on the show. Um I want to announce say next week's guest. Um as you all know, Jessica Harrington is in flying form of date and um we're gonna be catching up with someone that wouldn't be necessarily known um to anyone outside of the industry um this is adrian bulger he's currently jessica harrington's head stable lad um he's been with her for years and he's been working working with horses for years and he's got some very good stories um all about i suppose the the time working with horses and time working with these big um grade one horses both on the flat and over jumps so If you enjoyed this show, make sure to tune in for next week's one. Thanks very much.